everybody. My name is Therese Paler. This is the Therese Paler Show, presented by Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. So, hey, it is what it is. Now, here are your hosts, show, Vern, and Yahoo NFL writer, Therese Paler. Yeah, we are live from Chicken and Pickle, yes, North Kansas are. City, here on your football station, 610 Sports Radio, alongside Ron the Show Hughley. I am Josh Vernier, Therese Paler, making us wait for it. He, he really knows is, he has he? the good one, what, goods when it comes to the NFL. Oh, he's got it. He'll be bringing it your way in a matter of moments as we are again. That's right. Uh, North Kansas City. Now, I, I do want everyone in the building to know that we are registering you to win this autograph football, autographed by the human joystick Dante Hall and former Chiefs linebacker Not and apparently arch nemesis of Carrington Harrison. Oh, wow. Man, that I, got, that I thought got he something. didn't like you. Man, oh, man. Uh, Sean Barber, Dante Hall, autograph football. All you got to do is register out here at Chicken and Pickle as uh, we broadcast the Therese Paler Show presented by Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. We are here in North Kansas City and uh, show and I both with uh, smiles on our faces because we wolfed some of that food down. Oh, I tried <laughs> to tell you about the bleed. You did, you did. You didn't. Uh, I tried to tell you about them. It did not disappoint um, the Chiefs did not disappoint either with the 24. What was the final score of that game? 26. 26 14, 14 baby. I mean, you can't get mad at me. I'm sure the Texans, you don't even know the score of the game. Man, you know the score of that game didn't matter. You knew that game was over when they kicked it off. When you, I tr- Well, I told you you didn't have to worry about wearing your, your red. That's true. That's true. But when it took them three plays and only two successful plays, to put seven points on the board. I think everyone knew what time it was. Chiefs, Cardinals at Arrowhead. Josh Rosen walking out there with his eyes too close to one another. You didn't think he was actually going to be able to keep up with Patrick Mahomes in that offense with or without Sammy Watkins. And I, especially when I saw that offensive line. I mean, that offensive line, that they were trotting out there. Well, the, the amount of pressures that the Chiefs were able to put up uh, according to Pro Football Focus, and we all understand what Therese said about Pro Football Focus and how last I feel week, about it. right? And of course, how you feel about PFF, as they say. Um, but apparently, that was the most pressures any team has gotten on another. That, that's the most pressures all season oh, by any team in the NFL. Oh, I didn't know that. Twenty-eight pressures in total. Hell, it felt like D. Ford got a pressure every single time. He lined up. And they only chalked him up with eight. There's eight no to- way. Right. Really? Right. There's no way that he only got eight pressures. Really? He had eight. They said, uh, you know, Chris Jones had seven. He got six coming from Allen Bailey. But 28 overall by far the most this season in the NFL. Chiefs improved to 9-1. and one, And now we are a week away from the biggest game of the season at least to this point of course the monday night matchup with marcus peters and the los angeles rams both show and i as we announced earlier today will be broadcasting live from the streetcar in downtown kansas city hope everybody that um everybody is able to uh make it therese paler joining us now as we broadcast live from chicken and pickle in north kansas city therese what's going on my man what's going on with you guys how's it going all right, 
uh, Chiefs did what they were supposed to do against the Cardinals. Did it look the way you expected it to look? Um, not really. I mean, it wasn't like a. It definitely wasn't like a fun game to watch. Okay, um, considering the amount of, it was a pretty ugly game, right? Uh, but I don't think the Chiefs brought out their best stuff for that team, and that makes sense because the game coming up right now against the Rams, like that's the one. Like that's the thing that really kind of, you know, that one matters. So I'm not really, I'm not totally surprised, but of course they didn't look like as good as you'd expect. Uh, the, like, I I didn't take a ton away from this game. Therese, if, I, I told everybody on Friday there was no need to waste your red on <laughs> on this Friday because the Cardinals put up nothing. So it's it's you can wear whatever color you wanted to wear Friday. There's no need to waste your red Friday. But I did take away that offensive line performance. And and that 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 was the worst that I definitely seen Eric Fisher this this year. And and even it's the first time that you kind of realize that the center was uh, was gone and Mitch Morris to me. So I mean it, it, that that did scare me when you when you got Fowler Jr. when you got Sue and when you got that psychopath ninety nine who's ready to just give it to Justin Britt at any moment coming in like that is <laughs> that is that is concerning Therese. Yeah, he was absolutely giving it to Justin Britt. Yeah, look, it's, that's certainly not ideal, man. I, you know, I, I think that matchup is going to like decide this game basically coming up. Um, and it's something to worry about. Like, I don't think we've necessarily seen the Chiefs against like a dominant defensive line like this. And while the Rams defense isn't quite as good as we thought it would be at this point, those guys can still wreak havoc. So I think this is going to be a really good test. I think the altitude might play a role. Um, you know, I, I'm look when I rewatch that game after being in Mexico City. Like the first thing I'm going to do is look at Trent's play and see what happens. Because if the Chiefs' offense gets slowed down, what the Rams do defensively is going to start up front and win in there. The Therese Paler show live from Chicken and Pickle, North Kansas City. Therese, um, we mentioned this earlier. Was was D Ford the best player on the field for the Chiefs yesterday? Yes. Hey, look, you guys have to give the man his credit. I mean, he certainly was the best player on the defense, man. And uh, if you want to say best player on the field, you can do that. I mean, there are snaps where, like, D Ford, there are snaps where, like, the ball is snapped and it seems like he's, like, two yards into the backfield already. And there's a handful of players in his league that are like that. Um, I mean, DT used to do that. So, you know, Uh-oh. the thing at this point is that D Ford's finally put it all together. Um it's a special pass rushing, pass rushing combination of skills. Um, you know, with that guy, as long as, um, as long as he's staying healthy, right? As long as he's healthy, that's really the only question with him. You know, as long as he's healthy, he can be disrupted like that consistently. See, this was my thought today because um, it was good to see Fifty back, uh, and he made uh, a play that, just as we talked about earlier, is inst- is, is more than instinct. It, it, it was. It was, it was a veteran setting up a young quarterback on a screen play on a screen play that I'm not sure like a Breland speaks is is heady enough to make, but did, did did it look like to you that maybe it's at a point where Justin is playing more of a complementary role to to D Ford and that hey yeah. this, this should be about this should be about D Ford lining up 
and making sure D Ford is in a comfortable place. He's going up against the right tackle instead of how it always was with Justin Houston. Yeah, he's kind of he is in a complimentary role, but I do think that you have to be careful there because at, at one point, at some point, you need both of them to be good. So it it kind of doesn't matter which side D Ford is on, but Justin Houston's more comfortable rushing against the right tackle. Like that kind of that should play a role. Um, I haven't like you just don't see a lot of like Houston like being really really super like effective against the left tackle, but. You know, I, I think they need to they need to take advantage of like the best um, situation it is. So by that I mean, look, if it's a pass rushing situation, and you know D Ford shows a better rush against the right tackle, um, and you got to get home. At this point, he's playing so fast, he's playing so well. You do need to accommodate that. So yeah, you know what, Ron, I do think there's something to that. Yeah, because and I, and I think. And I said this today, and I think that's going to take a lot of pride and a lot of leadership, which I think Justin has, to be able to say, okay, for this team to be at its best, you know, D Ford has to be the center point of this. And, and especially with a guy, you know, we talk about D Ford in a contract year. This, in a way, can be like that as well for, for Justin Houston because you don't know if the Chiefs are going to bring him back at that price so, I, I, I mean, I think this is a big test on pride for him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it's going to be prime time, man. Like, the whole world. Like, the best thing about these types of games is, like, these are the games where you see, like, what you really got. You know what I mean? Like, these are the games where you'll really, like, see, you know, how um, you, you'll see how close you are to, like, being able to be a champion, right? Because it's, it's going to bring it out. Like, this game is going to be competitive enough. It's going to be in prime time. Yeah, this is one of those games where all the stuff that's kind of like BS goes to the side, man. And I think, you know, from that standpoint, this is what we love about football, right? Like, that's the best part of football in a lot of ways. So, um, yeah, I really can't wait to see it. Like, this is going to be a great game. And one, it's one of the games I might, like, review two or three times probably, man, because it'll it teach you a lot about both teams. And both teams are really relevant right now nationally. Final thing when it comes to D Ford after ten games, mm -hmm. your best guess or your opinion through ten games, where do you think the Chiefs go as far as a contract next season and D Ford? I still think it's just right now. I, I, I think that he played well enough to say that you got to at least think about extending him. But I think the safest move for them, unless they know something about his medical history, I don't is to just franchise him. Um, you know, he could he could sit out, I guess, but that's a lot of money. $14 million or whatever that would be guaranteed, that's a lot of money, Jack. Not everybody's going to pull a Le'Veon Bell. So um, I think you got to – yeah, it comes down to, like, what you want to do. But, yeah, I think that's the safest move because the medical history with D Ford is the thing. Like that's the thing that you got to remember when it comes to like making the decision about that guy's future. Totally agree. Therese Paler show live from Chicken and Pickle, North Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes broke Len Dawson's record yesterday at Arrowhead. We'll discuss that and take a look around the NFL when we get back. The Therese Paler show presented by Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. 
All right, welcome back. The Therese Paler Show presented by Bud Light, the yes, official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. We're live from Chicken and Pickle, North Kansas City with Yahoo Sports senior NFL writer Therese Paler registering you to win this autographed Dante Hall and Sean Barber football. We'll yes, be giving that up. away right better, after the program. Well, yes, uh, Therese mentioned it going to break. What comes to mind when you see Patrick Mahomes break the franchise record for touchdowns in a season and do so in just 10 games. One word, finally. <laughs> like this Lynn Dawson record, for this to have lasted this long is a real indictment of like the pain that Chiefs fans have had to deal with for far too long. So really, it's just one word, finally. Um, it's hilarious. He only, it only took him 10 games to do it, too. Uh, he's going to own all these records by the time it's said and done. And what I always tell you guys, Chiefs fans, just enjoy it. It's a joy to watch, and this is how you remain relevant for, for a decade. It's it's uh, it's. I, I want to say it's amazing, but thirty touchdowns doesn't feel amazing. I guess the part that's amazing is how quickly he did it. Um, and yesterday, I, I think we talked about it a little bit. <laughs> it, it this is what's amazing about him is, you know, he he had a weapon. One of his weapons not there in Sammy Watkins, and I won't get into Sammy Watkins. And his offensive line probably played their worst game. He had his third highest quarterback rating of the season. He had two touchdown passes, 250, and no interceptions. And it is, and it was like a little bit, hey, Pat was off. And he was 21 of 28. That's, that's what's amazing about it even more than the touchdown records. I mean, yeah. Like, how many times have Chiefs fans watched, like, their quarterback play a C game and, like, lose. Like, it's, those are the kind of losses that make you question, like, everything else. So, like, let's play a little game, guys, all right? If the Chiefs had lost yesterday with Patrick Mahomes playing that same game, let's just say they got a few, like, wacky breaks that the Chiefs – that go against the Chiefs, like we've seen so many times in the past, right? What are we talking about? What is the storyline? Let's say they lost that game. What are we talking about? Uh, well, we probably start blaming the offensive line a little bit, right? There's some talk yep. there. We can pass protection. Eric Fisher's getting destroyed, right? Um, what else are we talking about? Help me out here. Um, probably defense, where the playmaker's at. We need Eric Berry back, right? Um, yep. Think about all these things that, we'd be, that we would have been talking about otherwise. Did I miss anything? No, I think that's it. I think that's it. Okay. Think about how that changes the game now. You won anyway, despite having, like, a C game from your quarterback. It's just good for morale. It's good for, like, the belief from players. Like, everybody just kind of believes. This is just good. It, it, the, the margin of victory in, like, so, in the NFL is, like, so small. But when you have, like, a quarterback whose C game is still good enough to win, geez, man, like, that, what an advantage that is. And the amazing thing is, like, Chiefs fans have to watch the, the, the Broncos had that with Elway. The Colts had that twice with Luck and uh, Manning. The Packers still. Now you finally got it. You know, like that's – I just keep hitting that point home because that's the truth. And, like, as a Lions fan, somebody who grew room for Detroit, I, know, I don't know what that's like, really. You know what I mean? It, it's a rare thing to have, but, man, it's such a huge advantage. Yeah, when, when, you, when you get to a point where already – in game 10, his C game is an Alex Smith A game. And that is, that is. <laughs> is it, is it, it's like, give me 
at least a B. Give me at least a B show. Give me at least a B. It's B plus, A minus game, man. <laughs> 252 touchdowns, quarterback rating of 125, 20. Come on, man. You know, Alex is a, Alex is a smooth 22, a 28 for a buck 76, a touchdowns, no turnovers, and three field goal that drives. A, like, I mean, he's. That's a best. Well, let's meet in the middle. That's a B plus game. I'll take that. You're right, though. And that's a C for, for Mahomes, man. That's crazy. But Therese was the best thing about yesterday, at least for Chiefs fans, actually the fact that the Patriots lost more so than the Chiefs yeah. won. Yeah, because they should have done that. Did you see the Cardinals offensive line? Those guys were horrific, right? Um, yeah, the, 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 the Pats losing, that's going to make that very difficult for them to take the top seed in the AFC. I'm actually of the belief now, like the Andy Reid November loss or December loss, it's not really the Andy Reid November. It, it was probably like the Alex Smith November December loss. If that's what that's going to be if they don't have that loss, um, because at this point, you know the the, the quarterback kind of lifting the tide for everybody might make the difference between that happening, man. And if that's the case, I'm thinking of all the like sanity that's going to spare Chiefs fans, man. Uh, now there's still a few, you know knocks along the way here. I mean, if they lose to the Rams, I think you guys would be concerned, but I don't think it would be an out-and-out like mutiny or I don't think everybody would be terrified. But if you lose to the Rams, you had a little concern. That Ravens game potentially scares you just a little bit, even though they don't look good or whatever. You know, like, yeah, it's still Ravens. They play physical. They, you know, um, and the Chargers are playing well, but I feel like the Chiefs own those dudes, man, specifically Phillip Rivers. So, I think it's, I think the best. You're right. That's a really good take. Like the best thing about yesterday was the fact that the Patriots lost, and for that tiebreaker come to effect, they need the Chiefs to lose twice down the stretch. And it's it's not that easy to find two losses for these guys. No, and, and I think that is the big part because it, it all but almost guaranteed that the Chiefs were going to get that bye and get the first seed. But however, but. I I do ask you this, Therese. <laughs> Okay, with, what you got? With, with the Patriots losing, do you have any difference of how you feel about that team even though they lost that game yesterday? Because I don't. Not, not, I don't like, uh, not, the Patriots' regular season uh, outcomes don't really sway me one way or another. It's completely different in Foxborough in January. I think we all know that. That place is different. That team is different when it's cold. And it's Boston, and it's mid-January, and it's 28 degrees, okay? That's just a different place to go play and win. You know, Belichick had all season of scheme against you. He hasn't shown you everything. Um, you know, he would have seen a full season's worth of tape on, um, on Pat. So, yeah, like, I think that it is important that the Chiefs get home field advantage. I think that that matters. I think that really matters if they want to go to the Super Bowl, especially because you do have a first-year starter at quarterback. And asking him to go into New England and win in the AFC Championship game, that's a tough task. doesn't mean he can't do it. And there's only a handful of second-year quarterbacks you'd ever really feel um, there's even this amount of confidence in about his potential to go do it. But, no, they better go get that top seed. This is the Therese Paler Show presented by Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs, right here on your football station, 610 Sports Radio. So staying with the Patriots, what do you make of the team that beat them? What do we make of this Titans ball club? 
you know, they still kind of scare you a little bit. And just because, you know, they do play physical, they can run the ball, they do have that big, like, running back that scares you so much because the Chiefs aren't, like, great against the run. I mean, you watched the tape late yesterday. You know, the goal line, we saw Xavier Williams get moved on the double. Like, these guys still get moved on the double against the run. You know that Chris Jones is depth disciplined against the run. Yeah, he's an upfield guy. That means he'll like make a lot of plays, but he might give a few up too. You know, I, I think that if the team is big and physical and it's cold and it's January, I think you can make some hay against these guys running the football. I think you can. So, yeah, the Titans are a little scary matchup because they've got like that bad juju from January, right? You just lost to those guys. But, you know, again, I don't think you're going to have guys running free in, in just running free that's not going to get – uh, the, the ball to him. I don't think that's going to happen this year. I think if Mahomes continues to play like this, what would happen is the Titans would scrap back. But, like, when it was, like, what was it, like 21-17 to 17 or something at some point, 21-14, like the Chiefs would probably make a play to put that game away because at the end of the day, there's just too many weapons. Therese, um, because of Mahomes, and it's, it, it is funny to say, his so-so game yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. how, how does his lead in that league MVP race look? Is it still in existence? Ooh, great question, right? I think, hey, I think this is tough for him. Like, I picked him in my midseason picks column, right? You guys know that. Hey, I picked him, but, right. you know, I think, I think the national sway is moving toward Drew Brees, and I get it. Like, Drew Brees is having an amazing season. He is on pace to throw – like 50 touchdowns and two interceptions all year, or three interceptions all year. That's insane. Um, the, Chief, the, the Saints, by the way, actually average more points per game than the Chiefs, which is saying a lot. And at the end of the day, that team is absolutely powered by Drew Brees. So, yeah, I, I think that this is going to be a little bit, for Chiefs fans, and you'll, you'll like this, Vern, I think this is going to be a little bit like – the Heisman Trophy ceremony, no, not the Heisman. The uh, remember when Michigan won the national title, nineteen ninety-seven. Yeah, that's right. Oh my God, Nebraska, and they had to split it with Nebraska just because of national sentiment for Tom Osborne. Oh, that right? was pathetic. And Michigan was yeah. clearly the best. Will team. you two stop Michigan this? Was, Michigan was clearly the best team in, fo- in college football, but they, they Scott Frost just Tom got up Osborne. there and started crying about Tom Osborne. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is Tom's last year. Like, how many has Tom gotten already? Why are you giving right. Tom Osborne a break? But anyway, look, there's going to be some sentiment to Breeze and Patrick Mahomes. I'm telling you, no, I'm dead serious. There's going to be some sentiment to give Drew Brees this this um, this award because of his age and, and because of other factors similar to that. Like, there's some national sentiment, and it, that absolutely has something to do with it. It's the Kobe Bryant Award. The the you've never won it, and you <laughs> probably deserved it. You know, Kobe yeah, only won the one. MVP. one. No, we understood the Michigan analogy. Yeah. No, but that one's better. You guys just wanted to, t- to take a moment to talk about this. Hey, tell him, This bro. is all it is. Because you guys are trying nervous. to tell him. Because you're nervous about Indiana. <laughs> you just wanted to talk about. It you feel like Indiana's going to be a problem. This is the Therese Paler Show presented by Bud Light. We're live from Chicken and Pickle, North Kansas City. We got to dive a little bit deeper into this Eric Fisher conversation. Well, he was pathetic. The show's got to be. All right. We'll get to it right after this. 
The Therese Paler Show, presented by Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. back the Therese Paler show presented by Bud That's Light right. the official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs we got a Therese a different headset uh, this one sounds a lot better he joins <laughs> us live here chicken and pickle North Kansas City here on your football station what are you smiling at show because you're just lying for no reason <laughs> <laughs> well I mean it's true we right it's a different headset we got him a different headset he just got here what you mean a different it's the difference, the theater of the mind, show. I'm going to go call my man out like that. I'm calling you out. Man, I'm looking out. Um, Eric Fisher. Oh, boy. In your opinion, if you had to make a guess, is he a chief next year? Do you guys know how hard it is to find left tackles? I mean, you can't just, like, drill these guys anymore, okay? Like, you, like well, Eric Fisher, back in the day, what you used to be able to do, just keep him on the practice field for five hours every day. Like, here, you're going to work on your technique. Your hand's being shot so low every time. No, no, no. We're going to keep you out here on the field after practice until you learn to stop that. But you can't really do that anymore. And that's why it's taking him longer to improve than it would have 15 years ago. Um, so, look, yeah, I would say yeah because it's hard to find left tackles. And this is not a team that can, like, afford – to be messing around with new left tackles. Unless there's a free agent they really like who's experienced. I haven't looked at the free agent list yet, but I don't know who that will be. Um, I, I don't know where you, how you're going to upgrade that position right now. Um, you're going to be picking in the 20s. Mm-hmm. All the good ones get taken early. You know, All the good ones still need development. So I, just, I don't know what kind of options you've got there as far as like making that you know, improving there. Is he like a top 10 left tackle? No. But is he solidly in the top 15? Yeah, he is. And for this offense, I don't know about you guys, but as someone who enjoys watching Patrick Mahomes play, kind of like the last thing I'd be gambling with is his blind side. Here, here's, here's my thing, Therese. Um, I, I can get with you for next year. Now, 13 and a half, is, it, that, feels, a lot. that feels steep to me when you start thinking about Tyreek Hill is going to get paid. They'll be okay and, next year. And next year is the one. Sammy goes up to 19. Then you no. got to figure out what you're going to do with this nut 55, and I don't think you want to give him a deal yet. I think you want to franchise him, which be you okay. can't move. It's just even, – even, So even if you give D the franchise tag, they're still going to have like $30 million to play with, with Eric Fisher on the books. They're not – and that's enough, remember, that's enough to sign a corner or edge rusher who's, like, really good. That's enough. The year you – I think he's got, what, 2020 he's on the books? Mm-hmm. How much is that, that – how much is his contract that year? Fisher? Yeah. Fisher. Oh, they just, can get out of that. Yeah, that's it's reasonable then. Yeah. So – Next year it's six and a half that's dead, right? Right. So, But it's 2020. So at that point, if you want to get rid of him, that's fine. But, again, I'm going to come to you with, okay, who are you replacing him with? Because you can't. Hey, here's what I will say: It is possible. Have you seen the big left tackle from the Patriots, Trent yes. Brown? They got him for like a fourth round pick. Now, granted, that's the Patriots, right? But like, yeah, it's possible. Um, do they? Is that a position they need to start thinking about? Yeah, I can't. I can't if it give comes Eric, around, I can't give around. Eric a third contract. But this is the. But this is the first time we've really thought about this, though. Like this whole season, right? Like he got abused by Chandler Jones. He, Chandler Jones does that to a lot of guys, you know. Um, I just 
with all we've talked about. Okay, here we go. So we got 2019, the cap details. Yeah, 13 million. That's a lot, but you don't want to be paying 7 million. We talked about that. So 2020, it actually goes down. The cap hit actually goes down to 12 million, and that's still very reasonable. Mm -hmm. So I think here's what you do in the next two drafts. You're looking at left tackle, saying, "Is there someone we can develop?" Because no one's gonna really gonna be plug and play. I think we all agree at this table that whoever you draft, it's gonna be a defensive draft, baby, and it better be okay. That better be a defensive heavy draft for the Chiefs next year. But if you see a developmental left tackle, fourth round, third round, remember because you got two second round picks, mm-hmm. fifth round, maybe that makes sense. But just know. This is the, it's not like he's, like, holding that offense back. I just – I don't see that. No, you can win with him. You can win with I, him. I, my thing is I can't give him a third contract. He's not good enough to me to Here, give him a third contract. One other, one other thing I'll tell you, he's, only, he's not even 28 yet. His, his a year to age 28 season is next year. Physically, that's when they max out. 29, he's still a good player. Now, do you want to be at, at age 30 in 2021? It's still $11.5 million, you know. But, no, you're not paying him that third deal, like, you know. Here, here's my He's thing. not doing you any favors either because guess who his agent is? Joel Siegel. Guess who Joel Siegel represents? Justin Houston. Mm. And Joel, Justin, Joel Siegel ain't in the business of doing favors to the Chiefs. But based off things you've told me, I mean, there's got to be some casualties when Mahomes gets his $200 million. Like when Mahomes gets paid and when yeah. he takes a huge chunk, be, like you're, you're thinking Mahomes is getting paid, yeah. Hill's going to get paid. Like that, I mean, Mahomes is I don't just see two that, years, right? I don't see that getting tight until 2020. 2019, they cool. But, like, they'll have to, they might have to cut Sammy in 2020. They might have to do that. That's because when ties kicks in, that's a lot to pay your two receivers. But yeah. Maybe they can still get around it. Remember – one thing to remember with Mahomes is that I think they have a really good re- relationship with his representation. They got like the Steinberg agency; they have a really good relationship with them. So, if this is a generational offense and they did want to keep Sammy and Ty and all these guys together, it's possible that they would do the extension after the fourth year, not the third, and that extends that the, the trouble to 2021 yeah. instead of oh. 2020. You get what I'm saying? So is that uh, his? That would be his. That would be after that. The four, that would be after his fourth year before the fifth year option kicks in, right? Because I feel like the Chiefs are going to want to get this done for <laughs> Mahomes, yeah, as soon as they possibly can, the, so not fool around with it. That, that's what I'm saying. And like, there, there might be some truth to that, but I also think he's a good enough kid. They love him here. Great relationship with the Steinberg agency. You know, maybe they, maybe they'd be able to wait until 2021. Before they have to do it. On the other hand, two hundred million dollars is a lot of money. Yeah, somebody, so. <laughs> somebody can't—you can't have a left tackle that's okay yeah. at twelve yeah. million dollars. Yeah. I, th- I think it just kind of depends on like where that team is at. If they had lost, what if they lose in the Super Bowl in twenty nineteen, and they need that cap flexibility to add somebody, make a run? You know, Patrick Mahomes would be twenty five years old then. He's gonna get his money. Maybe that would come. Maybe the extension would then come in 2021. But I think at the end of the day, we're just going to have to see. Um, I, I think the Eric Fisher talk right now is really interesting because this is the first time all year we've had to talk about this, you know. Uh, and they still won, so it's not like a, it's not like a horrible situation. Uh, what, what I hope for the Chiefs is that they invest their draft picks on defense and then they're really smart about some of these like mid to late round picks 
and they use those to invest on the offensive line. They got Khalil McKenzie in the sixth round last year. I'm going to tell you this right now. Khalil McKenzie's going to be a really good player here. They're really excited about Khalil McKenzie. And, like, if you ever see him in person, you see why. Khalil's like 6'6", 330, and he's every bit of it, okay? His calves, Ron, we some big men, right, me and you? I remember his when calves, I was 330. His calves, are, <laughs> his calves are as big as our thighs, okay? Like, this is a giant man. I got, they got him in, thighs, man. No, I'm, trust me. <laughs> go, go there and look. Go there and look. Trust me. This guy. Did you see how it, hard she laughs? Yeah, yeah, that big brother got some big ass <laughs> So the point is, like, this guy's going to be a high-level starter for them. They got him in the sixth round. That's how I expect they'll address the interior line. For the tackles, it's a little harder. Even though there's some really good tackles that that team got for nothing. Like, remember Alejandro Villanueva for the, for the Steelers? They just developed him. If you can develop, you can find Trenton Brown again, fourth-round pick. There, there's some options here. And I think we agreed the offensive line will need some help. But as far as investing premium picks in it, eh, let's fix the defense. We're live from Chicken and Pickle, North Kansas City. The Therese Paler Show presented by Bud Light. All right, now is your time. But the show, when you get to take on Therese, hit us up on Twitter at 610SportsKC. Uh, text line as well, 69306. That's right, that protein house. Eat with a purpose That's text right. line, 693. And then, of course, if you're out here at Chicken and Pickle, we'll take your questions as well. Take on Therese is next. My thighs big, man. <laughs> the Therese Paler Show, presented by Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. Back at it, the Therese Paler Show, presented by Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs, let's get right to it. A lot of questions out here at Chicken and Pickle, North Kansas City. Therese, first from Marcus. Um, facing this offense of the Rams, the Chiefs are always, well, at least this season, they're used to the opposition blinking first. and An onside kick attempt where the team abandons their game plan early. Chiefs offense, Rams offense, who blinks first? Who leaves the game plan first? Hmm. Here's the thing. The, the, the best thing about this game is that it's going to be like a matchup of two of the best schemes in the NFL. So if you want to learn about like where the NFL is schematically and where it's headed, you're going to watch this game very, very closely. And you're going you're gonna to like just pay. If you pay attention, you'll hear and see and see like the schemes that teams are using to beat people up. So like as far as the team getting away from their scheme, this is actually not a game where that's going to happen. Andy Reid and Sean McVay, insanely confident about their schemes. Really confident. Like, as confident as you can be without being arrogant. Like, they are very confident in, like, the things they call. So, the Chiefs are going to – you're going to continue to see the screen game, the very run game, um, you know, the, the things designed to get Ty the ball in space, Travis designed one-on-one all the gadget stuff with the, the ghost fakes and jet sweeps and all that, they're not, they're not going to get away from that. They're going to keep running it because they believe in it. And same with the, the Rams, um, who run a lot of vertical concepts with a single receiver coming underneath, which is borderline unstoppable. Um, and then this is all stuff that just creates space for Todd Gurley. 
they don't have <sighs> neither team has to get away from their scheme because they believe in what they run and their players, and rightfully so. Nate wants to know your thoughts on Tyreek's celebration with the camera yesterday. I loved it. Let's go. I loved it, man. Let's I mean, go. I, I thought that. Uh, I think that the NFL is a really stuffy, stodgy league, um, and people are tired of that in general. They take itself. The NFL takes itself way too seriously. And by allowing players to really kind of go over the top on these celebrations, it brings a fun element to a league that is far too conservative and far too stodgy for its own good. And the only reason I use the word conservative is because people want to see players kind of be themselves. I don't mean that like in a political sense. I mean like I mean like an innovation sense. Like they, innovation does not come easy in the NFL. Even while we're seeing all this offensive stuff, the offensive innovation. Defenses are, like, really far behind. Even still, it's a conservative league in that way. And I'd like to see teams and coaches take more risks, especially when it comes to, you know, gambling. Um, you, you saw the Philadelphia Eagles use kind of like a gambling mentality the whole way. They use it to get to the Super Bowl. So I, I think that part of it is fun, and I'm glad that they're letting players show their personality because there's so many of them. Fans don't really get to sh- – players don't really get to show who they are. But these celebrations lets them see that uh, to fans. These, these guys are more than football players. They're human beings, and it's fun. This is a fun game. It should be fun. Um, this is coming from the 913. Yesterday, we – Eric Fisher's been getting crushed. But I think yesterday was one of the first times I noticed that, oh, the Chiefs are on their third center. Yeah. Um, because the center was getting – rocked and rolled and we know <laughs> we know what's coming next oh nine, yeah nine nine and nine three listen and this question is is what are we what are we hearing about mitch morris this is multiple weeks with a concussion like is there is there a timetable for this the the it really scares you when like a concussion lasts over a month yeah i mean you know that i know that um center is a position they're gonna have to probably deal with you know maybe at the point with the concussion stuff like mitch morse might have to come back on a one-year deal you know what i mean and even then they'd probably invest a decent pick in like somebody that can show guard center versatility mm-hmm. i think that'd be the smart thing to do and i love mitch morse i covered him back in missouri like i love the guy um but i also want what's best for him so um i think we're just gonna have to see with him uh as far as this matchup against the rams um, I don't have to tell you guys that Aaron Donald is positively frightening. He is the best interior defender I've seen in my 34 years on this planet, period. I've he's better than him. Warren Sapp. He's, he, he's better than as a, on, on a play-to-play basis, he's better than that guy. And I love Warren Sapp, but he, he is that dominant, that disruptive. I wasn't ready to go to Warren. But. Um, how many – Warren, Warren Donald averages like over 10 sacks a season. Yeah, Warren got a 20 sack season in there from you the know, inside. Like that, I'm just telling you. Like this guy. I'll trust you with no, it. No, I just, no. I, he, on a play-to-play basis, it's amazing how dominant this guy is. Wait, Warren was personal for me. That's another another <laughs> quick I, question. Hey, listen. How about this? I wore his number in high school. I love I wore him. number 99. I was okay? a Corey Simon guy. Oh, were yeah, you? Okay. Yeah, and I so I, I, don't, I don't throw that out lightly. But I think that as far as disruptive from that, t- woo, Donald's the real deal, baby. Jordan out here at Chicken and Pickle was wondering, because, uh, Therese, you were the first to report that the Chiefs were on the cusp of signing Earl Thomas prior to the injury. 
any chance they sign him this offseason? Yeah, I think that's possible. Um, again, they got the money to do it, right? They're, they're 40 million, 48 million, or whatever. Some, some decisions have to be made, but I think it's a possibility. I don't think it'd be lost on him that the Chiefs were the team that was going to go get him. I think he wants to win a Super Bowl. I think he is a compliment to Eric Berry. The only problem is there's a lot of that would be a lot of money tied up in that position. And one thing you got to remember with Earl Thomas is that he's won a Super Bowl. He wants to get paid. It's highly possible, maybe even probable, you get outbid. Tony out here at Chicken and Pickle was wondering about the Chiefs D line and if they'll be able to uh, do anything with Todd Gurley in the zone blocking scheme of the Rams. I think Todd Gurley's going to get his. Like, I, I, I think the Rams are going to score some points. Um, I have more confidence in Gurley than I do golf, but I have the utmost confidence in Sean McVay, who's arguably the best young coach in football, um, maybe the best coach in football, hey, he, aside from Bill Belichick. You get what I'm saying. Hey, he's yeah. Belichick's in his own. So Brad you get Stevens. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Gurley's going to get his. <laughs> this is, you know, he ain't facing the 2000 Ravens. Like, he's going to get his, but, Hell no, he's you know, I, I think that it's possible that the Chiefs bend but don't break scheme, like, helps them in this game. Because the Rams are going to move the ball on them. But when the field gets condensed, no matter how explosive you are, it is harder to score. That's just, that's just the truth. Clayton out here at Chicken and Pickle was wondering about the Chiefs' chances of re-signing Steve Nelson. I mean, there's a chance. There's a chance. Steve Nelson's a solid football player. He's not flashy, um, doesn't turn the ball over that much. He's got a couple picks this year, but th- those are the first of his career. Um, the, the D4 contract season's in play with Steven Nelson, too. He's had a nice little season, quietly. Um, it depends on how much he's going to ask for. It depends on how much he wants. But even if they sign Steven Nelson back, they're going to be bringing in a corner, either via the draft or free agency. So there will be help on, on the way there and edge rushing. Real quick, one of our faithful listeners, Nurse Jin, said, Therese, where do you see the Chiefs record-wise, finishing record-wise now, coming off of your eight wins? Yeah, definitely. Definitely, yeah. I mean, 13 or 14 wins. Easy. Mm-hmm. Easy. Um, like, I saw, like I always say, you know, gunfighters get shot sometimes. And, and, and you won't find anyone that was higher on Patrick Mahomes's – you won't find anyone that was higher on Patrick Mahomes's talent than me. But to expect him to be the MVP in, year, in, in the first year as a starter, if I predicted that before the season, literally everyone would have called me a homer. Like, you just can't do that. Um, it was reasonable to think he would go 8-8. Eight and eight. Most, we all in this team, yeah, Most people had them going that. Um, he's been so much better, faster, faster than we could have expected. That, like, this season, the scope of this season, I could have seen – I would have guessed he would have had a season like this at some point. But not in year one start. Yeah, this is not in 23. This is like an Aaron Rodgers 20, year 27 season. It's amazing and it's special. Is it a coincidence that the two lowest offensive outputs of the season have come in games that Sammy Watkins didn't play? I don't really believe in coincidences that way. I, I think that part of the reason they signed Sammy is because, obviously, like we've, reco- we, we've said this a lot, they have so many weapons. Whoever you don't devote extra resources to is going to light you up. And that matters. Sammy Watkins is a demonstrably better player than Chris Conley or whoever else you want to put it, receiver. It's just, it's like Ty is way here. And then, like, Sammy's, like, here at this next level here. He's good. He's solid. His numbers would be a lot better if Ty wasn't here. But Ty is here, which means that 
He's like the number four option on the offense, which is insane. They they do miss him when he's not here, though. That that much is for sure. You got to block. That offensive line was, at points, not giving you a chance to really do a lot at times with how fast they were beating. Like, he got hit more than we ever saw him, I think, in almost any game this year. He did. And five sacks in the game. So, yeah, I think that's a big part. Sammy is obviously a, a big part of this offense. But Final minute left here in the show. We got Kansas State basketball coming your way at 7 o'clock. They play Denver. The Pioneers. Uh, that has apparently been around since 1894. I thought they were started like the Iotas did. So what's like the next week? Because you're going to be in Mexico 80. City. What? When you? When are you getting there? How long you? How long you staying down there? I mean, it's not necessarily known as a super safe place, right? So I'll be getting there on. <coughs> so I'll be getting there on Monday, right? And uh, <laughs> no, it's not. Like I've gotten like three I'm security warnings from. Yeah, but yeah so, I wasn't no. ready for that. Yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's not. I'm literally is. I've got like three security warnings from Oath. My so like, look, I'll be there for less than twenty four hours. Good. I'm popping right in, popping right out. We'll talk so, to you it's Tuesday. Be fun though. Tuesday, the next edition of the Therese Paler Show right here on your football station, 610 Sports yes, sir. Radio. There we go. Therese, thanks as always. We'll do it again next week. There we go. This has been the Therese Paler Show, presented by Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs on 610 Sports Radio.